Podo. Welcome to A Pod Too Far, where the great days of war movies never ended. I'm Rob Hutton, and this week I've been asked to assemble a team of murderers and reprobates, men so desperate, so utterly depraved that there are no depths to which they won't stoop. And here with me is Duncan Weldon. Thank you, Rob. That's right. We're watching The Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen, I mean, if there's anyone who doesn't know the plot of The Dirty Dozen, Lee Marvin is has to recruit 12 men from death row and take them on a suicide mission to France to blow up a chateau of Nazi generals. First time you saw it, Duncan? This must be the second or third time I've seen this film. I mean, obviously, here's the thing. I remember watching Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards and thinking, yeah. you know, this is like a pastiche of The Dirty Dozen. Watching The Dirty Dozen, it's not a pastiche. I mean, this really is just an ultra-violent, sadistic, not very pleasant film. <laughs> so I can't imagine that The Dirty Dozen was shown on Sunday afternoons. No, no, I know. It's I, not I, your typical Sunday I afternoon I think I fair. must have been allowed to start to watch it. I actually remember getting the book out from the library and the name probably went on some sort of list. Um, well, I would have been a young teenager, and th- I think there's there's some pretty adult-themed material in there. I, I mean, parts of which I can't, I could, in fact, still quote 30, 40 years later, and I'm not going to. Because it, <laughs> it, 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 the film is fairly raw. Raw is a good word. A moral, a moral. The, yeah. the, the book is rawer. They are nasty men. I mean, I I think it's clear in the the book that at least one of them is definitely a rapist, and it's not quite clear in the film. No, I mean, no. quite what it is that Telly clearly Telly Savalas in fact is. Yeah, he's a wrong one. Yeah, but is it is it? I'm not sure that that's. Yeah, I'm not sure it's explicit, but it's yeah. This is sort of based on a true story. Do you know about this? I think I know where you're going with this. I mean, it's not based on a true story, but there, but it, it come it comes from an idea. That, so this comes from this comes from an outfit called the Filthy Thirteen. Yes. Have you tell us about the Filthy Thirteen? Well, Filthy Thirteen, they're a U.S. airborne demolitions unit, aren't they? Who yes. are apparently sort of very raucous and often spending time in the stockade and doing sort of darings. They're not they're not convicts though. No. And they're not on suicide missions, but you know, there's. About the same number of them, and they are doing daring, demolition-y type tasks. And I think refusing to wash. And refusing to wash. Um, <laughs> for some reason, which I think I have I have an idea that actually, if you're a commando, not washing is a good thing, because you don't want people to be able to smell soap as you're creeping up behind them. Yeah, you lay off the them. imperial leather. Right? Yeah. No... The, um, the 101st Airborne, I think. Yeah. Everyone's favourite American Airborne unit since Band of Brothers. They, so I, th- I think actually it's Russ Mayer sort of comes up with the idea that... that that they had been convicts. Yes, Russ but then, is, then there's is, lots of going back and sort of trying, you know, he's got this sort of half-remembered idea that they're yeah. convicts, which uh, then he can never stand up, but then they just run with it anyway. Yeah, yeah, so so it's sort of, and so somebody said, well, it's a great, you know, it's, yeah. I, I shall fictionalise it because yeah. it's a great idea. The book does very well, and the film is just a mammoth production. Yeah, yeah, star, star-studded, I think is the term. Star, star-studded. And, well, okay, let's talk about the, the stars. So it's interesting... You look back now. Who would you say are the big stars of this film? Well, Telly Savalas, Bronson. Yeah. Would you Would you have Trini Lopez? No, no, would not be my Trini be Lopez. My... Is would you have? I mean, John Cassavetes, who is a big star, yeah. but I, how many John Cassavetes films have you seen? Fair, fair, fair. I mean, <laughs> I, he's sort of he's obviously massively respected by his peers as an actor, but Telly Savalas, yes, Lee Marvin, yes, Charles Bronson, yeah. definitely. 
Jim Brown is the other one who's not famous as a film star, but is at this stage. He's some kind of American football. Yes. Really and he has to choose during the filming, doesn't he? Yes. He's a line running backer thing. And the filming goes on for so long, the owner says, you've got to come back and um, yeah. and, and yeah. run. Actually run line. You've got to come back for spring training. And he says, yeah. well, in that case, I'm, I quit. It's yeah. a terrible, terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> But but no, he's a he's a. I mean, he's, he's no Vinnie Jones. You know, no. Doesn't know. <laughs> I think he's probably. I think he's probably a better player than Vinnie Jones ever was. <laughs> yeah, Trini Lopez is. This is this phase of American films where any film of any length, you have to have a guy with a guitar who sings a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is again, you know, obviously a big star. The not quite Harry Styles yeah. in his day, but he's yeah. a. Except that Harry Styles in Dunkirk does not sing a song. No, it would have been an odd decision yeah, by Nolan. That's, that's sort of <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> and uh, and then Frank Sinatra, because again the production's mm. going on so long. Frank Sinatra says to says to Lopez, "Well, you know, look, this is doing nothing for you. You've got to get back to your Las Vegas residency." So he quits the film. So they just announce that he's died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where's Where's Trini? No, he he died yeah, on he the died. jump. Yeah. <laughs> never <laughs> never well, on the jump. Yeah, never <laughs> <laughs> but despite all of this, it does really well, doesn't it? It does incredibly well. It does incredibly well. And actually, I, I suppose the thing is that it makes a whole load of people. Yeah. So you sort of think maybe 12, 12 is too many yeah. stars, typically. I mean, although Ocean's Eleven, yep. you know, works very well. But actually, like Ocean's Eleven, there are, as it were, you've got your big stars, but you've, yeah. got, you've got a couple of guys who sort of think, you know what? This is my moment, of whom the chief is completely Donald Sutherland, yeah. who's sort of a last-minute hire because somebody else drops out, I think, and just steals the film. Next scene being an Irish terrorist or whatever in um, uh, yeah. Eagles Landed. This is a 1967 film. I don't think we've done any American-American films, have we? No, no, We've done American-funded films, but this is a this is it's an American the, uh, film. And, and it feels it. It feels yeah. it. Yeah. And is this really a Vietnam film? Yeah, I mean, look, look, so this is sort of late 1960s American cinema when you're sort of transitioning out of everything being westerns to everything being war films. And, you know, they're, they're becoming more interested in war films because of Vietnam, but they don't want to make films about Vietnam yet. So suddenly you get this big spurt of World War II movies. Yeah, I mean, This is almost a sort of American military unit from Vietnam transported back 25, 30 years, isn't it? I mean, this is, you know, this is not the... This is this is not the sort of portrayal of the military that British films are doing at this point, nor that really American films have been. No, doing. and 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 it's not the one that America. So, if you think of American World War Two films now, we tend to think of things like we think of Saving Private Ryan, yeah, which is very much very respectful, yeah. greatest generation, yeah, stuff. Tom Hanks. It's not. I mean, it's not any of these guys, really. <laughs> so, there's a great line that they... So Lee Marvin is the, is the, is the commander. And there's this great line that, that they they originally wanted John Wayne. And yeah. someone said, you've got to cast Lee Marvin. Because yeah. it's a Lee Marvin. You can't cast John yeah. Wayne in a Lee Marvin film. Yeah. Uh, Lee Marvin. Let's... But John, John Wayne was uncomfortable with the script as well, wasn't he? When, yeah. When they yeah. talked to but, him. Well, so, so yeah. there's a line... Apparently in the original, in the original script, which it just doesn't make it into the film, yeah. that, that Lee Marvin's character is, is having it away with an English officer's yeah. wife or something. And, and John Wayne... To be honest, if you're uncomfortable with that, John... Yeah, and, <laughs> I, know, I was about to say it. <laughs> like, so the, the, wait, the least wait, bad thing any of these characters you get to do. the bit where he procures prostitutes. Because <laughs> 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 you're, you're not going to like that either. Oh. <laughs> so I've came across years ago, uh, David Mamet... Mm-hmm massive David Mamet fan writing about Gene Hackman and Lee Marvin who both of whom had 
had been soldiers before they were actors. Mm. Lee Marmin was in the Marines. He yeah. does 21 island landings. <laughs> Do you know that? The last of them at the Battle of Saipan, he is hit by machine gun and sniper fire. And half of his company are casualties. Yeah. Proper been, sharp end stuff. He'd yeah. been there. Interestingly, uh, 20 years later, he seems to be an alcoholic, <laughs> uh, which is possibly, possibly not a surprise. I mean, there's a, there's a whole other thing about all the men wandering around in the 50s and 60s with undiagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder, but yeah. quite obviously Lee Marvin is one of them. But here's David, here's David Mamet on, on Gene Hackman and Lee Marvin. These men and their performances are characterised by the absence of the desire to please. On screen, they don't have anything to prove and so we are extraordinarily drawn to them. They are not sensitive. They are not anti-heroes. They are, to use a historic term, he-men. <laughs> How did you watch this? Did you, watch, did you, did you stream it? Or did I you... streamed it, yeah. Right, so I got the DVD, and the DVD has, has the most amazing extra, yeah. which is the featurette the sort of promotional featurette yeah. that they made about it, which actually is how you know partly who they thought the stars were. Yeah. Because they don't mention, you know, Donald Sutherland. But the the, the featurette, the, the theme of it is action guys. Yeah. And it's all it's all sort of shots of the actors going out to Carnaby Street and, and literally ogling women and um, <laughs> uh, and smoking cigarettes. It's, it's, it's yeah. very much of its time. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, if, if we can include special features as a problematic moment the entire featurette <laughs> which listeners will be pleased to know is available on youtube i, is, I am going to be watching that right, as soon as we finish recording absolutely i should have sent you a link to it before yeah. absolutely amazing because they just keep saying men of action these are men of action you remember that that documentary the fabulous world of georgie best yes right yes. you know the, the sort of like here he is you know he plays a bit of football has a few <laughs> rum and cokes picks up a supermodel mm. it's entirely in that tradition <laughs> but that's sort of fitting for the film isn't it? i mean this this is a what, what was the word we settled on raw I mean, raw this is raw. this is a raw raw film and it's not it's not it's not a very comfortable watch no no it's i mean it's so interestingly tell us about this who is a star at this point mm-hmm. okay charles bronson first of all yeah. charles bronson plays a classic hollywood star move which is i will play a criminal yeah. But fundamentally a nice criminal. Yeah. I don't think we establish exactly what it is. No. You know, he's standing up to racism or something. You know, he, he's sort of, he's, uh, like, yeah, you're on death row, but really mm. you're all right. Mm. That's your sort of your That's Harrison, a good Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, your Harrison Ford play is, yeah. is I will never be an unlikable person. Telly Savalas. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, right from the get-go, Telly Savalas is proper, you know, I mean, he's he's buried bodies in some woods somewhere, yeah. you know, and he's, <laughs> and is happy to to use racial epithets and yeah, so yeah. on. You know, it, it, I'd sort of respect any actor who will do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who will go and be unlikable. Yeah, yeah. Because you normally get this sense that a lot of them are sort of saying to the director, hey, can't we give my guy a moment where he's, you know... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, he's not a complete bastard. If, no, no, that's just your character. <laughs> if there was any moment at which Savalas was taking the director aside, it obviously didn't work. No. <laughs> No, and you're going to mess up the entire mission because, you know. You know but, but, but it's, you know, it's a hugely successful film, so it worked. Yeah. And, you know, but that, that description you were reading there, you know, they're, they're not anti-heroes, they're he-men, whatever. I mean, they are anti-heroes. They're, you know, they're a fundamentally unlikable bunch. You aren't shown to be anything other than what they are. And, you know, they're not doing this for any reason other than because they think they'll get off of whatever crimes they've committed. There's no... This, I think, takes us neatly to the after-action report. Let's go to Broadsword Radio, first of all. 
I don't think that this operation makes any sense at all. It makes no sense at all at any level. If, if this is a really, really, really important task that you've definitely got to dynamite well, the chateau. Except that there's a moment where the guy says this target is of no military importance. <laughs> yes, okay. Right, so we're, we're doing our D-Day planning. Have you got, Bob, have you got the list of targets of no military importance? <laughs> I've got it right here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, we've got, so we've got a target of no military importance. <laughs> right. <laughs> and ju- ju- just for a laugh, <laughs> let's assemble a team of convicts to go and get this... this target of no importance because we're short of men yeah you know because we don't because because literally we have run out of unconvicted murderers you know because because they were sending guys on suicide you know i mean we you know in a future episode mm. we're going to talk about the invasion of sicily all the gliders land in the ocean and everyone dry, dies <laughs> then then the generals are not uncomfortable about sending men to their deaths yeah, that sort of. Yeah. It, so no, the the entire thing. Yeah, right. The entire thing is just preposterous. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let, 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 let's settle let's on start that. There. <laughs> it's also, I mean, in a in a sort of in a in a niche, this makes no sense. Wait, this is a mixed race American combat unit. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Again, I, yeah. I, army's I, not desegregated. No, we're not seeing that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, yeah. that's actually I. I've got a list of. I want to know why. If you had to pick one of these twelve guys to impersonate a general, is Donald Sutherland the one that you pick? No. No, but you, you, you've got to suspend your disbelief throughout this entire film. And indeed, the moment... And also, at the end, Charles Bronson gets shot, and then he's yep. not shot. Or he's fine. I mean, he has been shot, but he's... Sort of, he's yep. We talked about Sten guns from the hip. We now know that the MP40 is fired one-handed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not... I mean, the Germans had it operated by a three-to-five-man team, and they could have saved a lot of time if it was just one guy with two, is what we learned from this. <laughs> Really, a three to five man team for, yeah. for, for for one MP40? Oh, sorry, the... Um, not, not the MP40, no. The, the MG40. Yeah. M- MG40, yeah. you know, the, the submachine mm. gun, the, mm. the officer's mm. submachine gun. Is, you, yeah. I don't think you fire that one-handed. I don't no, think you're, you don't you're not hitting you a barn door, are you? Much less, as they do, taking out an armoured car. Right, so we've established that this film is complete. Quick, Dad, they're on the cable car. What's the moment you call people in for? I mean, it's towards the finale, I think. Yes. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it, it one, it's, it's a classic of the genre. You mentioned um, Ocean's Eleven before, where we've got that heist movie team assembling yeah. thing, and then we've got the big action sequences. And I actually think this is a film where the big action sequences really work a lot better than the assembly. Because the assembling the team thing doesn't work because they're all so horrible. And, and you don't quite get a sense of... I mean, again, I think because I'd read the book... You in the book, you get more of a sense of how are you how are you bringing these together. Mm. Twelve is a lot mm. to yeah. do the whole character development where yeah. you sort of establish that yeah. actually these two people like each other. All, all of that stuff yeah. doesn't entirely work. I mean, I I, I start slightly at the war game. Oh um, yeah, when they have to the, go and the, capture the HQ of the uh, yeah. I think if you if you turn on this film at the war game, you're yeah. sort of like right. I haven't really missed anything. Yeah, you know. There is also I have to say in the mission there is quite a lot of stealthy creeping. Yes. Which, you know, I mean, I've, I have I was a big fan of the kind of computer game where you do stealthy creeping. So I've, <laughs> yeah. I've got no problem with that. Although when I'm doing stealthy creeping, if a single guard comes past, you knife him. Yeah. Given that that's what blows you down. Top, top advice yes, for life, you know, though. Like, like, any <laughs> listeners out any there, listen- if a single guard goes by, single knife him. single guard goes past, he's not looking. Just, you just knife him and hide him in the bushes. So it's always that's <laughs> sort of... All, all of all of these games. That's just try and pick them off like that as many as you can. <laughs> then you've secured your perimeter. 
We'll combine two awards to give both the question and the answer. The uh, Dan Buster's Dog Prize for the Most Problematic Moment is going to be combined with the She's Not So Dumb Award for Are There Any Women in This Film? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I think that's are there fun. any women in this film, Duncan? Well, there are, there are, there are, there are several women in this film. Yeah, is I mean, it problematic? It, it is very problematic. It's, it's, it's a weird decision, scripting-wise, as well, to have this... This is, a scene, this is a scene with the prostitutes, yeah. for any readers who've forgotten, that when Lee Marvin sort of rewards his team by yeah. by hiring 12 prostitutes. Yeah. Well, that is in the book, I can mm. confirm. And it's just all odd. It's uncomfortable watching now in a way maybe it was less uncomfortable in, when it came out in the late 60s. That, you know, It's not something that the reviewers seem to have picked up on. You know, the reviewers complained about lots of the violence and yeah. and the preposterousness of the plot, but I don't think that was singled out as a moment. But it's certainly a very uncomfortable thing to watch 50 years after the film yeah, was no, I, made. Yeah, I, I, you can skip that bit. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the Cooler King Award for the most gratuitous American character, but actually, that's, <laughs> that's sort of, it's an American film. That's fair. Right, it's this allowed. is America won the war. Yeah. No one else was involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the they're, only... they're, they're in Britain for a bit, but just as, yeah. a, just just as a, a jumping, jumping off, off point. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of, yeah. yeah it, it's, but that's fine. That's fine. This is, I mean, it's interesting to do a film in which America wins the war. Yeah. A lot of Americans would, would think that, and yeah. that's because yeah. they haven't seen the Dambusters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We've we've talked about who becomes a who becomes a legend. So Donald Sutherland, I mean, talking about films that are definitely not about Vietnam, Donald Sutherland, I think, goes fairly swiftly from this to Mash, which is yeah. also set in the Korean War and also very definitely not about Vietnam. Yeah, the he's bought it Sarge Award for the best death. Maybe it's our um, off-camera singer just for I'm just for you know <laughs> broke his neck in the drop, never yeah. mentioned no, again. We don't, we don't no, see it. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, Trini, yeah. Trini Lopez. As I was going to offer it to Jim Brown. Which, um, which one's the... Jim Brown is, is Jefferson. He's yes, a, yeah. he's a, the, the like you've, you've got this. You've got this guy who clearly in American football is very famous yes, for being able yes. to run very fast. Yeah, let's get him to do the running very fast yeah. bit. The Good Luck Award for the best meme is I think I love the kicking people when they're down stuff. Yes. You know, I love Lee Marvin kicking Casavitis when he's on the floor. I love the bit where the bit where the, the American troops invade the Dirty Dozens camp, and then yeah. and then and then they give there there is some good some good, some good some kicking good, people some on good the floor. Dirty play, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and um, I can see use for those as well on the internet. This yeah, um, yeah, that's what makes it. Um... I also like it when somebody shouts, "We made it!" and then gets shot. Yes, that's yes. Um, again. I, I again, can, I can I, see the use can, for that. I can use those. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, agreed, agreed. But there, there are many you wouldn't want. Though, even as a gif. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, well, I mean, talking about problematicness, one of the, so we, we mentioned the violence, one of the things that is problematic about this is that it's not simply that the mission is about killing generals, oh, and the pointless of it. it, it is that the way that they end up killing, killing the yes. generals is that they, they lock the generals and their women in a basement and then petrol down and then blow them apparently the director was told you know you'd be up for an Oscar nomination if you cut all of this no no I, I draw the line you know I, I, want, I want to incinerate these people in the cellar well, my artistic what, I don't know what? what the alternative I, I don't know at this point in the production yeah. I don't know what the alternative ending is I just uh, you, you leave them there <laughs> you um uh, yeah, it, but it is. Hang on, just remember, this target is of no military value. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> now I think about it, I don't know why we're here. <laughs> but, um, um, and you could just, you could. By the way, and actually, this is this is one of the weirdnesses of this war is that if you just got two mosquitoes to come and bomb this chateau, yeah, you know, which is obviously the if you want to take this chateau out and kill this everyone, is what in, you do. Yes. Given that they're not observing blackout regulations, yes. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the way that you take this place out. Yeah. And no one 
because of the way that we've decided yeah. historically to judge the war. No one has a problem with you blowing up civilians if you if you drop the bomb out of a plane. But if you herd them into a basement and then pour petrol over them, that is yeah, yeah. yeah. tricky. <laughs> I just raised the fact that these ethical lines inside it's not obvious to me necessarily where yeah. they are you know? yeah yeah so you know there, there is a there is a blurred ethical line there in wartime but we can be pretty sure that herding people into the basement pouring petrol down then throwing grenades definitely on the wrong side of the line yes, i think that's a judgment at nuremberg moment <laughs> yeah. i mean if there's yeah. any if there are any witnesses yeah. to this yeah. and the germans win lee marwin is in trouble plus they've worn german uniform right um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it pales all... in comparison to the people in the basement i accept but um but i mean it comes out in 67 this is being made in 65 and 66 this is being made when american troops are fighting in vietnam yeah so you sort of stepped up in the uh, yeah, do we do we think that this is just a kind of look guys we've got to accept this is this is who we are we are you know i mean it's it's a very it's, I, I know we've said it, it's a very not greatest generation this is a a nasty war war is nasty would you like speaking of which would you like to guess at the body count the casualty list oh it's high go on give us a number and i go 65 higher (laughs) oh 90 higher (laughs) we above 100 (laughs) what's the body count 191 never yes of which Oh yeah, somebody somebody has worked this out. I yeah. I have not. Yeah. But somebody still by still, I assume, and I'm very grateful to them has worked out. So Jim Brown is responsible for 148 of them, <laughs> which is probably why you have to kill that character. <laughs> I mean, that's basically he's, that's, knocked, that's, he's knocked it out of the park. That's, there that's everyone the in the it. basement. Um, and then Charles Bronson gets eight. Uh, oh, you see, I was yeah. I, I I'd miscounted how many people were in the basement. That's yeah, basically, it, it's there's 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 148 people in the basement and none of them come out. Yeah. So I or more or less. There's so 50 a, outside the basement. So like, so my initial guess of 60 was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but then I suppose the 150 in the basement are of no military value. <laughs> yes. So right. nasty is Nazi. Well, I think the, pro- the problem got, here is that the, the, sort of the all, protagonists all the are, are, on, are on the Allied side. Yeah, I mean, I, I think sort of within the internal logic of the film, actually, you have, sort of have to give it to Robert Ryan, who plays Colonel Everett Dasher Breed. Mm-hmm. Yes, who's the, the, the guy they have to capture. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the guy's not comfortable with the operation. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so so he's, so, no, he's, not, he, he's not uncomfortable with it for ethical reasons. Yeah. He's obviously just uncomfortable with it because he dislikes, dislikes yeah. Lee Marvin. Yeah. And that's again, that's interesting. Is that, that basically there are the closest the Americans come to a goodie in this is sort of Ernest Borgnine's mm. character is the sort of the general who just thinks it's all tremendously funny. Yeah. Given that he's ordered this war crime, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not clear that he's an actual goodie. The I, we haven't mentioned, but the comic relief moment of the band there. Are, I had forgotten actually. There's large parts of this film that are really funny. The the comic relief moment of the band yeah. the band leader keep trying to strike up yeah. because they think that this general has arrived and then yeah. he hasn't arrived. And it's, yes, all of that's terrific. Famous last words? Got any good, got any good lines? Oh, what were you going to go with? Well, I, I like when they're doing the war game. And actually, they're, I think they're both Charles Bronson lines. I think yeah. Charles Bronson gets all the good lines. I like when they switch, up, they switch armbands and one of the troops they're capturing uh, looks at me and says, that's right, we're traitors. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that, 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 that's a nice, that's a yeah. nice line. And I, the other one, which I think is the final line of the film, more or less, is killing generals could get to be a habit with me. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah. okay. I wouldn't mind that as a, as a gif either. But um, <laughs> Duncan, 
Is this the operation that changed the course of World War II? No, and we can move on. Right. This is <laughs> no. an operation of no military value. No. So, is this worth dying for? Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I would struggle to recommend to anyone that hadn't seen it that you should definitely sit down and watch this. I think it's it interesting was, as a cultural artifact. Yes, I think that, that's the way. It is. That, I think that's it, it's not something you're going to put on on Saturday night for entertainment. <laughs> Certainly, I'm going to show it to my children. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, as a cultural artifact, as a movie of its time, I'm not surprised by how successful it was in the '60s. I'm surprised by what a long cultural footprint and almost fond it's, memories it's, it's, of it, it, it are. It, I think it's part. So later. it may be partly that it's got loads of sequels. Yes, and you sort of forget which one you've seen. Yes. So I. I would have sworn before I I saw this there's a, there's a scene in which they're all practicing throwing grenades onto a train and yeah. that's I realized that that's actually yeah. the fatal mission or the final mission or something yeah. you know yeah. the, 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 so it may be that they've all sort of melded into yeah. into one quite likable dirty dozen yes you know I mean so I think of all of the films you know I've rewatched for this podcast it's the first one I haven't really enjoyed I think I did enjoy. I thought I mean because I, I I thought yeah. it was funny and it yeah. was, I sort of felt you could probably have cut a few minutes from yeah. the Chateau Ray, but then again that's partly because we're just so used to just action just moving yeah, so yeah. much faster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting. I think it's a really interesting it is, it is, film. It is, it is, it is. And because you can sit there and you can talk, you, if you wanted to show a bunch of students, yeah. hey, do you want to know what attitudes were like? Uh, in, your, in your grandfather's time yeah. <laughs> so let's just watch this featurette yeah. and then we will you know yeah. there's all sorts of stuff in it that's, that's the direction odd. is very good yeah no and I think it's, it's, it's well directed it is, it well is, put together uh, films yeah. I think my problem is that sort of that until the war game that sort of build up doesn't really work for me because one there are too many characters and two yeah. all of the characters are in their own way unlikable oh, the so, other... um, so because you don't really get yeah. that sort of gelling of the team in a way that I find satisfying for me, it's you know, it's that second half of the film, the operation, all of that, and which is which is fine, but it it just somehow doesn't hang together for me. I have to say, the other my other problem was that I never felt there was a moment where I understood actually what the operation really yeah. was because no. they've got this great chant, yeah, but I had no idea what any of the work literally. Yeah. So you can't tell whether it's going wrong, yeah, really. Yeah. You could sort of when Telly Savalas starts murdering people, you can tell that it's gone wrong, <laughs> but you know, it, it's you know, sort of in a storytelling level, you need to. You yeah. need to sort of explain what we're expecting to happen yeah. so that we understand why it's not happening. And yeah. whether all the audience just knew that or yeah. something, I don't know. Mm, you know, I think ultimately it's a movie that's of no military importance. <laughs> that was A Pod Too Far with me, Robert Hutton, and Duncan Weldon. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, and if you liked it, rate and review us. You can drop us a line at podtoofar at gmail.com or on Twitter at podtoofar. If you want to watch along with us, next week, Patton. <laughs>